This is the What Happened Today podcast, your daily history podcast that tells you what happened on this day in history. Brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at ProdLeisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and what happened today, January 30th, in 1948, Mahatma Gandhi was assassinated at the Compound Birla House in New Delhi by Nataram Godse, a right-wing Hindu nationalist. The killing of Mahatma Gandhi was truly shocking. It deeply troubled what was then still the brand new nation of India. He was born Mohandas Karamchan Gandhi in Porbandar, in what is now Gujarat in India. Trained as a barrister in London, he then went to South Africa to practice law. There he became involved in arguing for civil rights for the Indian community there, adopting nonviolent tactics and getting closer and closer to the average Indian laborer in South Africa. After gaining substantial advances for Indians in South Africa, Gandhi returned to India in 1915, where he would begin leading more campaigns against British rule. His first notable effort was against the land taxes. This made him the leader of the Indian National Congress, the most notable group advocating for Indian independence. And then in 1930, he led what was known as the Salt March, where he marched over 250 miles to protest British laws and taxes on salt. Over the next two decades, he would repeatedly be thrown in jail for disturbing the peace thanks to his activities against British rule. In 1942, he led a Quit India protest, which eventually, by 1947, saw India granted its independence from Great Britain. For his efforts, he became almost universally known by the honorific Mahatma, a Sanskrit term meaning the great soul, but also very commonly by the Gujarati term of endearment, Bapu, essentially like Papa. It is a very particular kind of man that can get both the elated Mahatma and the very familiar Bapu to be his common names, essentially. And that was Gandhi. And Gandhi was such a remarkable figure. He wore traditional clothing made out of homespun cloth that he himself spun at home. He would often undertake fasts, both out of a sense of religious purification, but also as a form of protest. He was almost certainly not what anyone in Britain would have thought would be the leader of India that would gain it its independence. And yet there he was. But this leads to the question, why was Mahatma Gandhi assassinated? If he was so beloved, why were there people out for him? Well, almost any figure has people out for them. But also, during the talks for the independence of India, Muslim nationalist movements in Muslim-majority areas began to advocate that there should not be an independent India out of what was the British-controlled area that was called India. There should, in fact, be India and Pakistan, the Muslim-majority areas, which actually were on the western and the eastern side of the area that was seen as India. Nonetheless, India was partitioned before independence in 1947, and in 1947, this caused unbelievable chaos and distress for many groups. If you were a Muslim in a Hindu-majority area, particularly in border areas, it was seen that perhaps you should go to Pakistan. Similarly, Hindus living in Pakistan were seen as though they should go into India. Sikhs left out of this partition plan often were in some sort of crossfire, particularly in the Punjab. 
And all of this helped really go against Mahatma Gandhi's vision of a multi-religious, really multi-ethnic India. That was always what he wanted. His particular brand of Hinduism was inclusive. He saw all religions as going towards the same truth and actually said this quite a lot. And in 1947, he in fact started trying to help out these affected communities that were moving. And in January of 1948, Ethan underwent a fast so that the brand new Indian government, led by a close associate, Jawaharlal Nehru, would actually give money to Pakistan to help sort out the conflict that was erupting. And this raised the ire of Hindu nationalists. Right-wing Hindu nationalism had a weird history in early 20th century India. The idea that India was in some ways defined as the land of the Hindus didn't actually fit any facts on the ground. To this day, India has the world's largest Muslim population of any nation. But it is majority Hindu. It also has all sorts of strains of Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism that are part of Indian religious life. But as people started saying there should be an independent India, there was a group who advocated Hindu nationalism. That in fact, the defining feature of India was Hinduism. This also united Hinduism in a way it never was before the British Raj. And one of those people was Natram Vinayak Godse. Godse was, by 1948, 36 years old and a long-time member of first Rashtriya Swayamsevak Sangh, or translated the National Patriotic Organization, and then later Hindu Mahasabha. These were activist groups seeking to create a Hindu India. They also were not very popular politically. Their agitation about not favoring Muslim rights was not very effective under British rule because everybody was seeking to change their status. They were not arguing that others should have favors they always had. They didn't have favors either. But it was seen that perhaps in 1947 things were changing. But that still didn't make them organizationally or functionally more effective. But it doesn't take great organizational skills for an assassin to not only act, but be effective. Goetze, it seemed, was largely working with just a small group of people who were planning some activity. Although he had participated in protest marches, they largely were against either local Islamic rulers, or in some way seen as advocating mostly for Hindus. In fact, he actually left both the RSS and Hindu Mahasabha when India was partitioned. He thought that really, this was favoring Muslims too much to allow them their own state. Godzad actually attempted to assassinate Gandhi earlier, just 10 days before he was successfully able to approach Gandhi and shoot him. Godza and Narayan Apte were tracking Gandhi throughout January 1948, and on the 20th, followed Gandhi to a speaking engagement at a park. One of them, it's weird that no one knows who, but largely people were focused on the assassination itself, threw a grenade, which mostly just caused fleeing of people. And then in the chaos, anyone plotting an assassination ran away. But 10 days later, Godza carried it out. Gandhi was actually staying in New Delhi largely to try and affect some change towards the issues around partition. There were massacres around the brand new nation. There were now issues between the Indian and Pakistani governments on things like payments. And actually, he had undergone a fast that he would have done under the British Raj. 
But now he was trying to change the Indian government's position, and he did it successfully. He was leading prayer groups. He was trying to figure out how to help. And so in many ways, January 30th was largely a normal day. He woke up and listened to a recitation of the Bhagavad Gita. He then worked out some writings and then went to lunch with close associates. Afterwards, he had a nap. He had a meeting and was going to prayers. This is what he normally did. And in fact, this is why Gatsa could shoot him. Mahatma Gandhi had a pattern. And he knew that every day at about five, he would go to prayers. He was actually slightly late, but this did not deter Gatsa. And in fact, it might have helped him. As he was going, someone said that he was late, that he shouldn't be late. And he gave a withering look. And then a man approached him, bent over with his hands folded in front of him, as often happened on these walks to prayer. People wanted to touch Gandhi. And this is what Gandhi's companions on that day, his great niece and a teenager adopted by Gandhi into his family, were at his side. They said, please back off. He's already late. And then Godse pushed Manu Gandhi, known as Manubin, aside. This was so forceful that Manubin actually lost the things she was carrying in her hand, a notebook and a rosary, and went to the side. As she was picking them up, three shots were fired. Gandhi was almost certainly going to die. He had not quite died yet, but people carried him inside where he would quickly pass away. He was largely hit in the gut where blood loss is almost impossible to stop. And it was complete chaos. His companions read him passages from the Bhagavad Gita as he lay dying. But Goethe could not get away. Instead, Herbert Reiner Jr., a vice consul at the American embassy, grabbed him. Reiner went to see the great man of India for himself and happened to be right there when he was assassinated. It actually is reported that Godse went relatively quietly, although he was grabbed by Reiner. He was almost instantly taken to jail, where he became the most vilified man in India. At his trial, he actually attempted to make it a political statement, to say that what he was doing had a larger point, that the massacres, the suffering, the killing of Hindus had to stop, and that Gandhi was not doing enough to help Hindus. He also repeatedly claimed that Gandhi did not care about the suffering of Hindus and that his reading from the Quran in temples alongside Hindu texts was a betrayal of Hindus and that trying to work protests against the Indian government was a betrayal. No one really bought this. In fact, at his trial, it was rather a formality. People had seen him shoot Gandhi. He did not dispute shooting Gandhi and in fact tried to justify it. On the other hand, he was there with associates, not just Narayan Apte, who had been with him most of the time he was planning the assassination, but also seven others with varying associations. Some were in charge of Hindu Mahasabha and got off. Others seemed just to have known that Godse was planning something. They still were given life imprisonment. Natram Godse, however, was sentenced to death. Gandhi himself had actually opposed capital punishment, and his sons, Manilal and Ramdas, actively argued against the death penalty for their father's assassin. The prime minister, Jawaharlal Nehru, didn't even consider it. And so instead, Gotze was hanged in the Ambala jail. Gotze's testimony, and in fact the entire trial proceedings, were censored in India for three decades. And it was not until 1977 that a government lifted the censorship when the Indian Congress Party first lost power in India. The funeral procession that led to Gandhi's cremation in a funeral pyre was five miles long and involved two million people in many places across 
India, there were riots. The notion of Hindu nationalism, the idea that India should be a Hindu state, lost all popularity in the wake of Gandhi's assassination. And in fact, Nehru was able to further advance Gandhi's ideas that India should be multicultural and multireligious. In certain quarters, Natram Godso would be rehabilitated. There would be efforts to show him as a patriot. This largely fell on deaf ears. He was the man who assassinated the father of India, after all. And what he was fighting for was not something many people could get behind. And then the way he fought for it was perhaps the worst thing he could have done, or any person in India could have done, when he assassinated Mahatma Gandhi by firing three shots at point-blank range, which is what happened today, January 30th, in 1948. That will do it for today's episode, but as always, please check back in tomorrow for a brand new episode because we are a daily history podcast, and we do put out a new episode each and every day. You can also find all of our episodes on our website, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you listen to us on either iTunes or Stitcher, please subscribe to this podcast. Then go ahead and leave a rating and a review because those are ways you can help us to be heard by more people because it gets us onto charts. You can also follow us for updates for everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening, and see you tomorrow.